Geopolitics and Empire is joined by Etienne de la Boissier Squared, who's the nom de plume of a voluntarist, author, father, technology entrepreneur, cyclist, runner, hot yogi, uh, multidisciplinarian, truther, armchair economist, cryptocurrency enthusiast, and neo-abolitionist who is experimenting with large-scale cult deprogramming. You need to get his book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History, Exposed, How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government, Media, and Academia. You can also get his uh, Liberator USB. Welcome to Geopolitics and Empire, Etienne. It is good to be with you and the audience. Yeah, and you know we were hanging out in person a while back in Mexico, so it's cool to connect. Uh, on my podcast, you were on my TNT last year, like last summer, I think. How time flies don't don't forget yeah i got it i can't forget plug my tnt radio show so um but you know, l let's start with your book there's a lot we can talk about a lot going on but um i mean just for starters i really like your term intergenerational organized crime and that fits well with other researchers who say the same thing in a different way i was listening recently to james Lindsay, who gave a great lecture calling it a esoteric um a hermetic cult which has been ruling us for ages others point to european and other dynasties and aristocracy which have been holding the money and power for ages uh and you know i believe when it comes to the elites the power center is based on the wealth they possess which would be you know like their class and their common ideology which i personally view as a cult or esoteric so maybe for starters you know the the, the government scam you know uh, more on the intergenerational or organized mafia definition that that, that you have uh, absolutely. So the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, the subtitle is How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government, the Media, and Academia. And what we've got is we've got an organized crime problem, and it goes on for decades, if not centuries. And the kind of the thesis of the book is government was never really intended to protect life, liberty, and property. Uh, government is best thought of as a technique to rob and control populations, and you can never, ever, 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 ever have a legitimate government. And what I mean by that is you can't have it logically, you can't have it morally, you can't be bound by a social contract that you didn't sign, you can't delegate rights that you don't possess yourself to a representative or to a government. So if I don't have the ability to take your stuff and your property for charity, if I don't have the ability to make up rules for you myself, then it's impossible logically and morally for me to delegate a right that I don't have myself to a representative or to a government to represent me doing something I don't have the ability to do myself. If my girlfriend and myself can't, uh, you know, vote to rob you because there's two of us and one of you, well, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or 330 million of us, there's no magical additional person that makes something, uh, you know, immoral or illogical, moral or logical. So government has been the biggest scam in all of human history. And so it's a it's a way of of robbing and controlling populations. Think of it as like tax farming the population, where you know it's the mafia model of slavery. You know where the mafia doesn't own businesses. The mafia just comes around and you know once a month and takes their cut. 
similar to what the government has been doing out of your check. And they've been getting away with it because it's been the government, the media and academia in on it together. And so, uh, so on the academia side, it's the mandatory government schools. It's the state spot sponsored colleges and universities that are controlling, you know, what a significant portion of the population thinks and understands about government before they're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of the claims. And then on the media side, it's been since going back to the quote unquote founding of the country. It has been the government and the media working together to widely control perception and make people think that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary, even though there's no real ironclad law of the universe that says you have to have a government. Um, but because most people have been brought up in government, uh, slipped to them as a religion, that's one of the other kind of secrets of the book is the government is, is slipping it to the kids in the school system as a religion using all the tricks and the techniques of an unethically manipulative religion or a cult to get people to accept having a ruling class. Uh, but you know, you don't really need government. Everything the government does would be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market, by real charities, by nonprofits, by mutual aid societies, by co-ops, or likely shouldn't be done at all. And so that's the real, uh, you know, secret of the book. And I use the term intergenerational organized crime because that's the most specific. I don't like Illuminati. I don't like, uh, you know, deep, deep state. I think these are purposefully unhelpful, undescriptive terms. It's intergenerational organized crime. It goes back to monarchy. When monarchy was falling out of favor, they developed democracy to trick the people into thinking that they had a say in who rules them, but always, you know, controlling the outcome of the election through a disparity of campaign funds, through control of the media, through the, you know, ability to, you know, the willingness to use political assassination, bribery, blackmail, and other, you know, unethically manipulative techniques. And so you're, they're always going to get the outcome that they want out of the elections. And so it really has been intergenerational cr organized crime, and it has been the biggest scam in history. There are two points you, you hit on that, that I wanted to touch on. One was the U.S. Constitution. And recently, uh, Legal Man tweeted, he, I, you might be, some people might be familiar with Legal Man. He's been on this podcast. He's great. And, uh, he posed the question. He said, the contradiction of how the U.S. is on paper supposed to mean, um, you know, the, the U.S. government, the, the U.S. form of government, the Constitution, it's, it's supposed to mean the smallest limited government possible. Yet, you look around today, it's the biggest empire the world has ever seen. So how do you kind of like, you how does, we're supposed to have a tiny, small government republic, yet it's the biggest government the world has ever seen. What, what sort of your uh, issue, I, I, it's in the book, uh, but you, you know, you take issue with the U.S. Constitution. What, what's your thought there? A quick shout out to our sponsors, which you can locate via the sponsor page on geopoliticsandempire.com or whose links are included in every podcast description. I've tried privacy phones in the past, such as Silent Circle's Black Phone, which turned out to be a dud. The best and really only option so far is de-googling your phone. Now, you can do it yourself 
but I've never had the time to figure that out and simply got an above phone. They sell degoogled phones that come with a suite of software. They also provide support and a monthly above privacy suite with many features such as a unique phone number, encryption, email, VPN, and so forth. If you're looking for a private phone, check out above phone. Make sure to click on the above phone link on geopoliticsandempire.com or via the podcast description so that we can enjoy a commission. Also, check out the Nomos Time Bank at nomos.net, which you can download in Spanish or English to your Apple or Google or de-Googled phone. Nomos allows people in your community to exchange services using time as a currency rather than fiat money. This will be one great way to survive in the coming algorithm ghetto. If you need health insurance, you can talk to my friend James Guzman of the Borderless Blog Podcast and Health Insurance. He offers free consultations. Simply schedule a time with him over at borderlesshealthinsurance.com. Finally, you can donate directly to Geopolitics and Empire. Consult with me, the host, or become a member to join private monthly member Zoom calls where we shoot the breeze discussing world events. So it's tough because I don't want to preface this because the Constitution and the Bill of Rights has been sold to the population as the kind of the holy documents of the religion of statism. And so I'm, I'm treading, you know, I want to, you know, preface this by, by helping people understand why they may have this, you know, this uh, affinity and this allegiance to this, you know, these holy documents. You know, the, you know, part of the, you know, what I expose in the book is it's a religion. The flag is the indoctrinated art, the artificially indoctrinated holy symbol, the holy documents or the constitution, the bill of rights that you go to the church school where the teacher, the priest is going to, you know, teach you, uh, teach you, uh, you know, the common prayer of the pledge of allegiance. You're going to sing the hymns. You know, you're going to be taken to Mecca, Washington, D.C. in middle school, and you're going to go into the cathedral of the Capitol, and you're going to go into the temples and see the deities along the Potomac of, Je of Jefferson and Lincoln, and it's going to be very hushed, and it's going to be reverent. And if you go through Cub Scouts, Weeblos, Boy Scouts, JROTC, ROTC, you're going to, you know, get into the flag worship and the uniform and how to salute the flag, caress the flag, and when the flag gets old, we don't throw the flag away because it's holy. We have to bury the flag and, and the judges are going to wear vestments and it's going to produce a cult member who's generally pretty, you know, voluntarily willing to tithe a portion of their income and, uh, you know, pay attention to the commandments, the laws of the, the government, even if they're detrimental to your family's finances or whatever. And so the constitution uh, you know, has been sold as 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 something that it really uh, you know doesn't, and it and whether you believe in the Constitution or you don't believe in the Constitution, it didn't work. It wasn't able to uh, limit government in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't able to protect even the basic rights outlined outlined in the Bill of Rights. And the idea, just if you, you know, like, you know, because most people were, were taught that, it, that government and the Constitution were legitimate, desirable, and necessary when they were children before they were old enough to evaluate the logic and morality of the claim. But now just kind of, you know, think about it today with the mind of an adult and the idea that, you know, three to four dozen uh, slave owners, lawyers, politicians, 
can go into a room on a continent of 3 million people. There are about 3 million people living in the continent at the quote unquote founding of the country and write down on a fancy piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules and steal the wealth of others. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not logical. That's not moral. That doesn't scale. That has been the biggest scam in history. And again, they've been getting away with it because you know they they're, they've put themselves into the position to be able to slip that to children, you know, uh, you know, before they're old enough to really understand, you know, what's going on. But if you step back and you take a look at the morality of it today, you find that the the entire you know, uh, the entire basis of the religion, uh, you know, just is, is built on, uh, you know, a foundation of sand. Yeah, I mean, this is thought provoking stuff and maybe not everyone will uh, agree with it. But you know, even from my own Christian perspective, I can there are things that fit, uh, for example, this idea of this all powerful, uh, you know, collectivist centralized state that's going to you know, prophecy alludes to it, that where it's going to take over control of everything and it's going to force you to do things against your belief. I mean, this this crazy secular humanist thing now where they're just shoving all sorts of insanity down everyone's throat, you know, indoctrinating um, children. Uh, I mean, basically with uh, Satanism and just switching genders and, and all kinds of insanity. So there's that, and and the religious aspect as well. I, I think you correctly point out in your book. Myself as an American, uh, I've noticed it's it's like a civic religion. Uh, I see many more. I see many Americans more concerned with their political party today and civic act as activism, you know, as Democrats or Republicans, than, for example, their involvement in spiritual or, or, or church matters. And and that's really uh, telling. I mean, they they all they care about is you know my, my guru Trump or my guru. Uh, Biden or or whatever, and they just spend so much time in this world, which I think it's it's kind of a, a bit of a waste of time. But uh, also, uh, your book talks about you know the the financial economic sphere. You know, the Federal Reserve, of course, I've got right behind me the creature from Jekyll Island, sent to me mm-hmm. personally personally by G. Edward Griffin, uh, who took me out to dinner over a decade ago because I was helping him out with some stuff. So I got to meet the man, the myth, the uh, the legend. Um, and, and just before we joined, I saw a, um, a short clip about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And, and I agree with this. I, I think Jeff Bezos, his father or grandfather worked at DARPA. I think he's just a front man. And Amazon was sort of like handed to him, which I think is most the case for Facebook, which was a DARPA project. Um, and in your book, uh, uh, I didn't know about this. You, you, you talk about Amazon a, a Mason. And so if you want to tell us more about uh, monopolies, duopolies, uh, oligarchy, and, and and that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, first of all, why don't I take some people through the book real quick? And so the first thing to know about the book is that uh, is that you know I do a lot with visualizations because most people are visual learners and they come to insight much quicker when you show them an image uh, versus just kind of being told about it. And so, you know, just to kind of, you know, finish up on the religion of statism and the fact that it is an indoctrinated kind of pseudo religion, you know, um, I've got a little quote here from one of the memes in the book. And, you know, is not the state an idol? Is it not like any graven image into which men have read supernatural powers and superhuman capacities? 
The state can feed us when we are hungry, heal us when we are ill. It can raise wages and lower prices even at the same time. It can educate our children without cost. It can provide against the contingencies of old age. What cannot the state do for us if only we have faith in it? Now, you know, uh, that is a really good, you know, overview um, except it, but the problem with the state is, you know, like Margaret Thatcher said, socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the government is now out of everybody's money. And so, you know, we're now running a $31 trillion, uh, you know, uh, national debt, uh, we're forced to borrow trillions of dollars a year to pay the bills uh, I don't think that you've got, you know, uh, as many investors that can, you know, kind of afford that to the point of where the treasury seems to be uh, making straw. The Fed and the treasury are facilitating straw purchases to, to make it appear that people still come to the treasury markets. Um, you've got the dollar depreciating in a double digit rate. So people are you know, the, the, the creation of all of this uh, money to be able to pay all these bills is causing a superfluous amount of dollars that then compete with the existing dollars in circulation and then, dry, you know, drive up prices as, as all of these new dollars begin to bid up prices. And so that's why you're seeing double-digit inflation. And so it only can last, so you know, for so long. Now, you were talking a little bit about Amazon, and I'll just kind of flip through and we'll go and we'll talk about, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, you know, some of the one pagers in the book, but uh, you know, what my thesis is, and before we go to the one monopoly, duopoly and triopoly, I'll just uh, flip forward to Amazon is that, uh, is that they've been controlling the media in the United States uh, and they've been controlling it uh through the monopolization of, uh, hold on a second, through the monopolization on the old media side of uh, six monopoly companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society. And so what I'm sharing right now is I'm sharing one of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, visualizations in the book. And what it is, is it's a media ownership chart showing six companies running hundreds of subsidiaries because it's how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, the media, and academia. And so you're seeing News Corp, you're seeing uh, General Electric that owns NBC, Disney that owns ABC, Ge Time Warner that owns Geopolitics, CNN. Geopolitics and Empire is not on there, is it? It is not on there <laughs> because, you know, thank goodness that there is an authentic alternative media that is developing on the self-directed internet to get us away and begin to free us intellectually from the ability to control perception by controlling every single channel. Now on the old media side, you know, there's six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries. And then in the book, one of the things that we do is we also break down, you know, so that's, that was the ownership of the media. 
but how do you control what people are saying? And so there's a handful of front companies and organizations, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the World Economic Forum that have maneuvered their members into, uh, into all of the key reporterships, uh, publisherships, uh, editorships of dozens and dozens of ostensibly independent media outlets. And so on this visualization, you know, we're looking at Time Magazine, uh, the Times of London, the Washington Post, CNN, CBS, uh, ABC News, Disney, uh, the Daily Beast, the Associated Press, the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, the New York Post, the Sun, uh, the the Financial Times of London, Slate Magazine, uh, Politico, uh, Forbes, the list, Sky News, the list goes on and on. And so, uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein was a member of these three organizations. And so what I'm doing, a lot of what I'm doing with the book is I'm using visualization to make something that was invisible, now visible through visualization. And so if you didn't understand that all of these key editors and reporters and publishers are all together, tied together, you know, under three organizations that Jeffrey Epstein was a member of, okay, and ought to be the poster boy for the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission, then you may wonder, well, if they're lying about the COVID, could all of the editors and publishers be in on it? And then, you know, you see this visualization, you realize, holy crap, they're all in on it. There are someone's giving them their marching orders. And this appears to be the front organizations that are doing it. These organizations, you know, provide the ability to have uh, private meetings and secure meeting facilities around the world on a regular basis. The WEF is another example. And so, uh, so now you can begin to see the structure of intergenerational organized crimes media control system and understand how they've been controlling perception by, you know, promoting certain people and ideas while hiding, uh, you know, other, other people and ideas. Now that was the, uh, that was the, the old school press I want to talk about, cause you brought up Amazon. And so one of the cases that we make in the book is that Amazon is, you know, part of what we call the new media and the new media is three to five dozen kind of new media internet search engine companies, uh, search engines, um, uh, social media discuss that does comments on thousands of websites, Wikipedia, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, uh, Snopes, uh, meetup, uh, others, uh, a Amazon. I mean, a Mason, and so, you know, our thesis is that uh, you can get anything you want from a Mason in two days with free shipping, but you shouldn't if you can avoid it. And so what we believe is that the DARPA internet, uh, which by the way, I've got uh, uh, network diagrams and many people don't understand this, but in 1974, uh, there were dozens and dozens of universities and military research labs connected to the internet in 1974. 
And so the military and the government had access to control of and an understanding of how the internet was going to develop for decades before they released it to the public. And so the thesis is that they'd already figured out you know, where they needed to make overinvestments and to give certain firms a head start to be able to uh, consolidate uh, you know, that portion of the information food chain. So the name of the game is we're controlling perception widely. And so we're going to attract all of the eyeballs that we can attract and we're going to control what they see. And we're going to fund certain companies to dominate social media, search, uh, 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 books, book reviews, things like that. And so I'm going to just kind of take your audience through some of the evidence that Amazon is part of this system and is widely controlling perception on the DARPA internet the same way that CIA Google has been caught widely controlling perception. CIA Facebook has been caught widely controlling perception. And FBI Twitter where it came out that the that the fact checkers and the moderators at Twitter were all ex-FBI, the same way it came out at Facebook that all the moderators and fact checkers at uh, Facebook were ex-CIA, uh, you know, so could, could Amazon be doing the exact same thing? And so let's take a look at some of the evidence for that. So a lot of people don't realize, but over a decade ago, Amazon got caught beta testing the ability to digitally burn books on their Kindle and their Fire uh, ebook platforms. And when I say digitally burn books, I mean remotely delete books that, that people have bought. I think the ultimate goal with the Kindle and the Fire and the e-readers is to be able to change history, to be able to change perception, to be able to delete some books or delete words out of books or delete you know images out of books or to change the words in books in the future. And so the beta test for that was over a decade ago when Amazon remotely deleted the book 1984 off of everyone's Kindle that had purchased it. Now, if you know, if you remember your George Orwell in the book 1984, the protagonist, Winston Smith, his job is he works in the Ministry of Information and he makes things go down the memory hole. So if you wanted to have a funny ha-ha on the people and you wanted to remotely test digitally uh, uh, burning books in the future, then what funnier book to make go down the memory hole than the book 1984 that uh, you know brought everybody the idea of the memory hole? Let, let, um, let me just add. It, let me just add. There's a recent story uh, about just from this weekend from the Telegraph talking about rewriting. I don't even know this guy. Some writer rolled doll. And hundreds of changes are being made to his uh, books or stories or poems. I think they're also using AI to suit a new sensitive generation. And just to add that quote from Orwell, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Orwell says, quote, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every date has been altered. The process is continuing day by day. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Uh, end quote. So we just saw this example this weekend. Uh, absolutely. And so the, you know, if you control the present, then you control the future. And so the ability to widely control perception is the most you know, powerful weapon in the U.S. arsenal, and Amazon is a big part of that. 
not only do you have the ability to digitally, you know, burn books on their platform, but they've been caught, you know, censoring books off of the website. So you can't buy books exposing the Sandy Hook hoax, uh, aspects of 9-11 truth and what happened on 9-11, engineered mass migration in Europe and other, uh, you know, uh, government criminality. They've been caught censoring book reviews including negative reviews of Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened? And so in that case, they just knocked off everything that was a three, two, or one-star review. They just deleted all the three, uh, two, and one-star reviews to give it a five-star rating on the platform. Um, they Amazon Prime removed the award-winning documentary Vaxxed, which exposes that the CDC has been lying about vaccines causing autism and other vaccine awareness videos, including Shoot 'Em Up, The Truth About Vaccines, and Man-Made Epidemic. They've also been caught censoring uh, Flipping the Script when parents fight back against harmfulness of chemotherapy for kids. Uh, root causes, the harmfulness of root canals, behind the fear, the hidden story of HIV, you know, talking about the scam of HIV that was kind of the precursor to the scam of the COVID. Um, the Amazon Prime and Netflix with their $50 million deal with the Obamas are the prime outlets for over 800 plus movies and 1,000 television shows where the Department of Defense or the intelligence agency have had uh, a a hand in the final product that came out. And so there's a brand new documentary called Theaters of War. It's now thousands of movies and television shows since I since I, you know, published this, they've got they've uncovered, you know, more evidence of Department of Defense uh and uh, you know, in the in the intelligence agencies having script control, making the government, the hero, making the, you know, the, you know, the, it's, it's always, if you think about what you can get on Amazon prime and Netflix, the government's the hero, whether it's the CIA agent, the FBI agent, the military, the president of the United States flying fighter jets to protect the country against invading aliens. This, you know, media system has been, you know, been getting pumped out there by uh, Amazon prime. Now, Again, a lot of people don't understand this, but Amazon has a $600 million deal with the intelligence agencies for secure cloud services, and other agencies spend more than $47 million a year for cloud services, and that number is a couple of years old. Supposedly, they lost a $10 billion Defense Department contract for the Jedi War Cloud, but they are appealing the decision, so Amazon's going to get more you know, government money. Uh, Amazon Echo and Alexa spy on the population in their homes and the company's, uh, the company's, um, uh, ring doorbell cameras have been quietly wired into over 2000 police departments. So the ring doorbell cameras, uh, which if the government had put up a network of surveillance cameras in, you know, kind of suburban neighborhoods to spy on the population, uh, the population probably would have have objected. Um, Hold on. The population probably would have objected, but the, but because um, 
they got they tricked the population into installing those themselves and then they just went around in the background and wired those uh cameras into the uh into uh police departments and homeland security fusion centers and then finally uh Am the amazon key system puts a camera in your house covering everybody coming and going in your front door and lets them remotely unlock the door now uh finally they're engaged in economic warfare against their own customers and the population and so uh, the company's third-party marketplace represents millions of individual sellers who sell on the a mason platform uh, and they began competing with their own customers in 2009 with their own private label brands as of August of 2019, they had 135 private label brands. I should have probably updated that in the, in the brand new fifth edition, but like it is an amazing amount. Like, so anything that is selling well on Amazon, they're going to start their own version and they're going to compete with their own customers in a kind of, uh, you know, of economic, you know, warfare. And so that that head start that they had in IP technology, I think they were given a you know, a head start of, you know, knowing, you know, what was going to be happen. DARPA took, you know, the grandson of one of their founders and they put him as the head of the company. They gave it a funny name that essentially spells a Mason. All you got to do is spin the Z and it spells a Mason. And they put a you know, number of other Masonic, you know, uh, symbolism into their logos and others, as you can see here, you know, on the screen, but again, you can get anything you want from a Mason in two days with free shipping, but you should avoid doing business with organized crime if you can. And so that is the, you know, some of what we reveal about Amazon. And now let's talk about, you know, what that dynamic, you know, produces in the case of, uh, in the case of, of monopolies, duopolies and triopolies, because that's a great example of a monopoly. And so this is another uh, one pager from the from the book. I call this one Monopoly, Duopoly, and Triopoly: Control of Society Through Monopolization. And at the top of the food chain, uh, it's the banks, and the banks have been given the ability to create money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. And the kind of the short version of the scam is when you go to a bank, uh, you're not borrowing and you get a loan or a mortgage. They're not loaning you, you know, other depositors money. They just, you know, uh, uh, click the keys and click the mouse and boom, they credit your account with digital dollars. And these digital dollars then begin competing with all of the other dollars that are out there. So in, in addition, you know, from the, you know, the unfairness of you having to, you know, work uh, and pay, you know, back hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest on a loan that was created out of thin air. The whole process is inflationary and steal is stealing the value out of everybody else's money. And one of the examples I like to give is, you know, just imagine you're playing Monopoly uh, and the, and the, uh, the banker is cheating and the banker is reaching under the table and grabbing $500 bills when nobody's looking. Well, at the end of the game, who owns everything on the board and who are renters and debtors? And so that's really the situation that we're under you know, right now is that these banks are providing companies like Amazon 
like others, uh, unlimited capital to be able to buy up and consolidate their own industries in a system that is predatory and uh, and uh, and kind of putting honest companies that aren't cheating that don't have unlimited access to capital out of business uh, so that we're ultimately ruled by this organized crime system. Now, most people support one of the reasons that many people support government is that they think that government is going to keep them safe from monopolies. But it just simply isn't the case. You don't get monopolies in a free market. You may have some firms that are able to achieve a dominant market position for a small amount of time. But in a free market, the way that you get a dominant market position is by satisfying the customer, by having them, um, uh, by making it better, faster, and cheaper. And that's how you win market share in a free, uh, you know, in a free economy. Uh, a harmful monopoly is one that has that has the ability to raise prices and run for years with bad service, where you have no options. And the only place that you get these harmful monopolies is government. And so let's just kind of break down a couple of those harmful monopolies that get imposed on us. Number one, we can start with the roads. Uh, you know, the roads is something the government says that only they can, you know, produce and that, you know, that only they have the ability to do the roads, even though there were roads before there was government. But 43% of U.S. roadways are in poor, mediocre condition. The government claims a monopoly on armed protective services that they call the police, and they steal more than all private criminals combined through civil asset forfeiture. They regularly violate natural law, human rights, and they routinely pay themselves 300000 plus, 350000 plus in salaries at the sheriff and chief level in U.S. cities and counties. The Defense Department, the organized crime military, the Pentagon can't account for over $35 trillion, and they lost $68 billion to waste and fraud in Iraq. Uh, the government has a monopoly on uh, passenger rail service in the United States, and uh, Amtrak has lost money every single year since its inceptions and claims that it lost almost a billion dollars in food and beverage alone in a decade. It cost the taxpayers $4.1 billion in 2020. Uh, in my youth, I worked at one of the big four think tanks in Washington, D.C. We actually did a study uh, where we uh, figured out that if the government shut down Amtrak completely, this was, this was decades ago, but like tw 20 years ago, but at that time, if the government had shut down Amtrak completely and just bought every single person that was using Amtrak a coach class airline ticket, the government would save money. Um, the Postal Service has lost multi-billion dollar losses every year for the past 15 years, totaling over $96.7 billion that they've lost money at. Uh, the mandatory government schools... The U.S. spends more globally on education by far than the U.K., Germany, France, Canada, and Australia combined and ranks ninth in science and 10th in math. I could go on, but I think you get the idea. You don't really get monopolies except through government, and that's the kind of harmful monopoly that you have. Now, this organized crime system that's creating money out of thin air and buying the world with their little paper tickets, 
Well, if they only left one company standing, then it would be obvious to everybody what was going on. So typically what they do is they leave two. And so here are some examples. You've got, you know, a choice, quote unquote, in AMD or Intel for GPU computer chips. You have a choice between Walmart and Target for retail goods. Bulk retail goods, you've got Costco and Sam's Club. Hardware, you've got Lowe's and Home Depot. Office supplies, you've got Staples or Office Depot. Sporting goods, you've got Dick's or Sports Authority. Soft drinks, you've got Coke or Pepsi. Shipping, FedEx or UPS. Uh, payments, Visa or MasterCard. Politics, Democrats or Republicans. We're going to leave two companies standing where typically the the ownership percentage is owned by either BlackRock, Vanguard, or both. And so it seems that BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and some of these other uh, private equity firms are managing and holding the ownership percentage in companies that have been bought up by, uh, by fractional reserve dollars created out of thin air. The World Economic Forum is organizing the C-level executives of the companies that have been bought up by fractional reserve dollars created out of thin air and organizing the media puppets and the nonprofits that those uh, companies fund and advertise uh, in as well. And so that's where the money's going. That's how uh, the scam works. Now, on the media side... I I just wanted to add, I just had an epiphany as you were talking about that. And what I like about your book is the visuals. So you you really, you know, when, when you read a traditional book, uh, there's an advantage to having these visuals. And, you know, one of my focuses is world government, globalism, global mm-hmm. governance, and trying to square how, how they're going to do it. I mean, Elon Musk was beamed into the world government summit uh, recently saying, openly saying, you know, I don't think world government is going to work, like implying, you know, you, you guys are trying to do it. And I think it's the same model where we see this talk now. We've been in this unipolar American globalist empire system, and there's all this talk now about bipolar world, multipolar world. And mm. I think it's that same principle. If we had, and I've been saying this, if if you have this sort of unipolar American world government, it's going to be too obvious. People are going to reject it. But if you bring yeah. this bipolar, multipolar system where it's U.S. and Europe and Eurasia, there's your duopoly right there. And it's going to be the same. And that's going to be the world government. That's going to be that control system. So I think uh, it's very useful, you know, your, your, your visuals. That's a really, that is a really excellent point. And then that way you can play the two off against each other, uh, you know, and so, uh, so one threatens the other, the other threatens it. And so then you, you drive those populations, uh, you know, into the bosom of government to protect them from these manufactured enemies, where in both cases, you know, whether it's Russia, China, uh, you know, they're all using the technique of government to rob and control their populations. And I believe, you know, they're in complete lockstep alignment at the top of the food chain. Uh, they're just menacing their own populations with uh, with the other governments to try so that they clamor for security. Um, now, uh, how do you do that? You control the information that they receive, and so now we're going to get into some triopolies. But the uh, but the you know in in the media it would be kind of obvious if there were only two, and so they typically leave three. 
Um, but we've got, you know, newspapers of record. You've got the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, TV networks. You've got NBC, ABC, CBS, streaming platforms. You've got A. Mason, I mean, Amazon, Netflix, and Disney, book sales and manipulation of reviews. You've got Amazon, Books a Million, and Barnes Noble, cable and broadband providers. You've got Comcast, Time Warner, and Cox. Operating systems, you've got Microsoft, Apple, or Android, telecom, you've got Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, Google uh, search engines, you've got uh, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and news networks, you've got CNN, Fox, and MSNBC. And so you've got, you know, almost every major, uh, you know, control of perception platform has got either the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, the CIA, uh, the FBI, NSA, able to wiretap telecom through CALEA, the Communications Assistant for Law Enforcement Act. Uh, you've got the NSA inside of the major operating systems with backdoors that came out in the Edward Snowden leaks, where, uh, where they openly ma- mocked Apple users for giving them their data uh, on, the, you know, on the Apple platform as one example. And uh, as we break down in the book, whether it's CNN, Fox, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, you've got the CIA uh, as the key commentators, anchors, you know, news people all have a background in the CIA. A lot of people don't realize Anderson Cooper was a two-year CIA intern before he began, you know, traveling around the world for Channel One. Um, uh, it is, so we're, they're widely controlling perception by controlling the people that get to talk about politics and government events in the, on the, on the news networks. And they're controlling, uh, what is read in the newspapers of record by having their membership organized in the council on foreign relations, the world economic forum, the Bilderberg group or the trilateral commission, and so that has been the name of the game, and I'm exposing it by making it easy to understand using visualization to make what was invisible now visible. And the book is really designed to wake up your friends, your family, uh, your uh, you know your colleagues as to how the system works. Most people are visual learners; they come to insight much quicker when you show them information. And so that's really what the book is designed to do. And maybe to then to get your thoughts on what to do and 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 solutions and this isn't you know there's no book you can write you know here are the solutions it's always evolving uh you know we were both at the greater reset last month and solutions are presented there not just through the conference speakers but um the different organizations that 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 came and um i'll also think about what you're talking about the the amazon ring and how we've just um i can't as you say i can't believe even how many um mexicans here it's like they're putting up ring and i'm like I mean, you, you guys are crazy. You're, you're lapping up this Brave New World surveillance state. You've got no idea what you're doing or participating in. And, you know, now they're pushing CBDCs. We saw in Nigeria, they tried to push the digital um, currency, which everyone rejected. So then the second step was like, hey, guess what? We're just going to get we're going to just force it on you. We're no more cash in the banks. Uh, and then everyone has to use the CBDC, which I call the algorithm ghetto. So, um, you know, and, and you're, in your book, you talk about solutions. You give, um, you know, uh, different resources when it comes to crypto. A community is important. Um, but, you know, w- what thoughts do you have when it comes to, you know, what do we do? How do we prepare? 
I I find the cashless society is sort of going to be inevitable. So I'm just kind of like thinking of how I'm going to survive in it. So your your thoughts on you know what to do and some solutions. Yeah. So so uh, so with respect to the cashless society, the number one thing you can do is you can use cash. And so it is. It's one of the e- the absolute easiest ways to fight against the system, especially when you're doing business with local, you know, businesses, restaurants, uh, the farmers market, uh, you know, other you know business owners that can then you know keep that cash, not have to report it to the organized crime government. And so that is a form of resistance called counter economics. And essentially, counter-economics is doing everything that you can to throw sand into the gears anytime you anytime you you can. And the easiest thing for people to do is to vote with their dollars every single day. Uh, you know, don't uh, you know? Cancel your subscription to uh, Netflix. Cancel your subscription to Paramount. Cancel your subscription to these companies that are lying and propagandizing you. Uh, don't don't patronize their movies. Don't patronize their television programs. Uh, unplug yourself from this control of perception system. Uh, you know, uh, when you're using cash, every time that you use cash, you're keeping two to three percent out of the hands of the banks and the credit card payment processors, uh, and then. That goes a long way so that if the, if the, if the store owner then takes that, you know, uh, let's say $50 payment in cash and goes and spends it someplace else's cash. Well, now you've kept out 6%, you know, four to 6% out of the, you know, the, uh, the banking system. Uh, and so, so the, these are some of the easiest ways to, uh, to, uh, to resist. Uh, if you didn't know that the government was evil and intergenerational organized crime and you're still working for the government i hate to be the one to break it to you there's no other way to sugarcoat it you gotta quit you can't be working for organized crime if you can't leave just now then throw sand into the gears uh you know sabotage the government's ability to track trace and control peaceful people any way you can and if you're in the government school system, then teach the kids in your charge the truth about the system. Uh, don't just tell them that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary. Don't just teach out of the government's textbook. Be honest with the kids in your charge and explain to them the illegitimacy and criminality of the government. Um, use cryptocurrencies. So cryptocurrency is another form of counter-economics where you're moving some of your dollars into, number one, you're protecting yourself with non-dollar denominated assets. So if there's a dollar collapse or there's a dollar crisis or there is a uh, haircut or a devaluation, you know, not all of your, uh, your money is in dollars. It's in Bitcoin Cash or Epic Cash or Monero or, you know, privacy centric currencies that aren't, you know, tracking you on a public blockchain like Bitcoin is. Um, uh, uh, go to the farmer's market every single week and do business with the farmers in your community so that you have a relationship with that farmer 
in case there is uh, a dollar devaluation or a collapse. Move some of your, your, your money into physical gold and silver, which keeps you out of the dollar denominated system and also gives you, you know, again, diversifies you out of uh, just, you know, US dollars into commodity money. I like silver better than I like gold. It's got more uh, uses in manufacturing, more patents or, 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 uh, uh, granted on the use of silver than any other metal, you know, every single year it's an antimicrobial. It's the world's most conductive metal. It's the world's most reflective metal. So it's got a lot of uses in industry. So it's always going to be valuable. Uh, you know, um, uh, support the alternative media uh, using Bitbacker.io by our Patreon. Uh, you know, take take that that money you were spending on Amazon Prime or on uh, Paramount Streaming, and you can take that exact same amount of money and you can support a dozen plus, two dozen plus, uh, you know, uh, media creators that are telling the truth. And even if that, just like if it's two bucks a month or five bucks a month or whatever it is, the fact that 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 these the, that the developing alternative media can count on that steady. Uh, donation, that is really what's allowing us to build platforms on the self-directed internet that are now competing uh, with the, uh, you know, the control of perception, uh, you know, organized crime system. And so these are just a few of the ways that you can, uh, to, can uh, you know, fight back and get yourself out of, uh, you know, out of this control of perception system. I would scratch Patreon though, because I got banned from uh, Geopolitics Empire. I got banned from Patreon in 2021, but we got subscribed star. And as you say, even $1 a month is a big help. So if you can help out Geopolitics and Empire, a buck a month on subscribe star or um, elsewhere. And just ma maybe one more point for me is interesting alt media, because in your book, you talk about as well controlled opposition. And I myself, I'm not so uh, confident to say this or that person is controlled opposition um because sometimes it's unwitting right there are people who start out doing alternative media and it's kind of like game theory where the powers that be behind the scenes can sort of invisibly push nudge some of these alt media folks in certain directions it's kind of like you know a game theory where they offer money or incentives and mm -hmm. that drives some of these bigger alt media folks um in certain directions which they wouldn't otherwise go uh you know some of these pop more popular folks used to be more edgy uh you know more cutting edge and th over time they become more kind of mainstream but then of course there are real like undercover agents or they can send uh you, know, you could have a genuine alt media figure uh and unbeknownst to them they've got you know undercover feds working at their uh organizations and so maybe some of your thoughts on Alt media, and then you've got people just spring up out of nowhere, fully you know, well funded, well oiled machines that just jump from you know zero subscribers to uh, a million, and that just kind of has me scratching my head. Where some of us have been doing this for so long, <laughs> and, and uh, you mean uh, Stu Peters? Yeah, I mean that's one uh, <laughs> example. And so, yeah, and, and any any just any thoughts on on. Because I'm so the, so the most valuable the most valuable weapon in the United States arsenal is control of perception. Can we control the information that the population receives to be able to program them like a computer? And so the human brain is a computer. Garbage in equals garbage out. 
And so people are going to get their news from the alternate people that have realized how the organized crime control perception system works are now actively looking for the authentic voices of the developing alternative media. And so, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, you know, I, I think it was, uh, Lenin famously said the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. And so, uh, so unfortunately, one of the problems that we have to deal with as the, as the truth movement and as the liberty movement is, you know, what's known as controlled opposition. So it's media figures that are artificially promoted, uh, you know, that have their, uh, platform promoted on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and others at the same time that uh, authentic voices are being demonetized, shadow banned, uh, deplatformed, uh, you know, having their PayPals and, uh, you know, banking accounts uh, taken away, uh, you know, other aspects of censorship like that. And so, uh, so if you're not familiar that that's going on, uh, you know, I cover, you know, a whole bunch in the, you know, the, you know, in the book that, that, that I believe are kind of, you know, untrustworthy, you know, platforms, uh, but just be aware that that's going on and that, uh, you know, people are competing for your attention. And if you're not a hundred percent sure that they are, uh, that they are authentic, then you should definitely move to some of the authentic voices that we recommend, uh, you know, in the book. All right, and maybe I guess last topic. Uh, just real quick, your thoughts on COVID? Because you you said you couldn't fit it into the current book because it's uh, already kind of a pack, and you're producing a, uh, another book on COVID. And um, you know, my view is that it was a military intelligence uh, operation, COVID, and basically to advance a lot of the stuff you're already talking about, and and to bring about it, you know, a te technocratic global. The government, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, as you as this slide that you're showing, you know, talks about eugenics, that's also very much to do with it. So, you know, quick thoughts on uh, COVID. Sure. So, uh, so uh, my goal when I started the fifth edition of the book was to bring the book into the age of COVID. And so the book was actually almost a year late in getting out because I wrote uh, about 70% of a new book in title and before I realized that it wasn't going to fit in the fifth edition. And so what I did is I updated everything that I that could be updated in the fifth edition. I added new one pagers, new memes, cleaned up a lot of the, you know, made everything a, a little bit more high res. Uh, we now have a hardcover edition. We now have a new and improved liberator. And so, but I took the majority of the work done on COVID and uh, and put it into an article that you can get on the on our Liberator flash drive called "Solving COVID: The COVID-19 Eugenics and Vaccine Drug Scam Timeline." And I came to the exact uh, conclusion that you did that COVID was a you know the exact same people that are you know controlling perception use that control perception system to make it look like that there was a pandemic. And so, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the upcoming book will be called Solving COVID, How Eugenics-Centered Organized Crime Engineered a Fake Pandemic to Steal Trillions and Murder Millions. And so if you're not familiar with eugenics, it's the idea that you can improve society uh, by getting rid of the useful 
useless eaters. Uh, there has uh, been a huge, you know, belief uh, that the world is overpopulated. I don't believe that it is, and I think it was headed uh, to uh, to a stable population and would have already probably achieved it if this organized crime system wasn't debilitating the population with fluoride and aspartame and BPA and BPS and and recombinant bovine growth hormone and milk and glyphosated wheat and, and uh, you know, refined grains, glutamates, and everything else that is being put into the food supply. Uh, but in essence, they engineered the reason to hand trillions of dollars to private banks, private companies in the form of bailouts, in the form of stimulus, uh, and that was the reason for the COVID. I think it was also the treasury market was starting to fall apart at the seams. And so they needed a reason for the federal, uh, for the Fed to intervene in the treasury market, which it's forbidden for by, for, uh, uh, forbidden, uh, by doing by the Federal Reserve Act. So the Fed can't buy treasuries at the auctions except in an emergency. So they engineered an emergency because people weren't coming to the auctions. Uh, but now if you wanted to follow, if you wanted to understand what, what my thinking is on the COVID, you can find this at either the art of, uh, artofliberty.substack.com where we made the solving COVID article, an article on the Substack, or you can get this, uh, PDF version of, uh, uh, you know, of, of that breaks down the entire eugenic, the entire timeline of eugenics, the Rockefeller Foundation, the uh, the you know other uh, vaccine and drug scams uh, ranging, you know it's it's almost been the exact same thing. It's been uh, you know we're going to menace the population with a pandemic. We're going to sell them a drug that is going to hurt them. Uh, the drug that we push at them is going to make things worse and appear to make the problem, you know, appear to you know verify the problem. Uh, but you know, we break down who's who and you can either get it on the liberator or you can get it at our Substack at artofliberty.substack.com. But I agree with you 100%. This was a manufactured engineered event. The liberator is a credit card size flash drive that we back up everything on the book and include the, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, we include the one more time. There you go. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, here it is. So yeah, so so we we, well. we include the uh, we include the uh, uh, the PDF version and the EPUB version of the book on this little credit card size flash drive, along with all of the documentaries and the short videos that are disappearing off of the internet and off of YouTube. Uh, we've got that on this credit card size flash drive that you can keep in your wallet, and then when you're at a friend's house, you can just say, "Hey, here's what's going on." And you're free to copy it. You're free to make your own liberators. People are doing that. They're they're uh, taking the liberator, buying low cost uh, flash drives off of eBay, and uh, and uh, you know handing out dozens of liberators to their friends and colleagues. We make it easy to resist. We make it easy to fight back. Uh, you can find out more at uh, government-scam.com. And you can actually see everything and download everything for free at government-scam.com forward slash liberator. And uh, you can actually see what's on there before you buy it. Uh, it takes forever if you're downloading them one at a time. 
unless you're on a university level connection, you're not going to be able to download the whole thing in one shot. It's just too big. And so it's much easier just to buy a copy and then make, uh, you know, copy it for friends with low cost uh, 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 drives that you get off of eBay. But that's how we make it easy to resist this organized crime system. You've also made it easy to uh, red pill your friends, whip it out of your wallet and uh, bam. Uh, all of your links will be in the description, as you said, government-scam.com and linktree slash art of liberty. Uh, I think uh, any final thought then uh, for us as we head into this crazy, brave new world? No, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I think we're going to win this thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm very much uh, an optimist. I don't think there's any way that you can stop the signal in the information age. And we don't have to win everybody. We've only really got to win the intelligentsia and the, you know, kind of the entrepreneurs and the business executives and the professionals professoriate and the, you know, the independent bloggers, vloggers, YouTube, uh, you know, personalities, things like that. Once they, once the, you know, the intelligentsia gets it, then the rest of society is going to, you know, kind of fall in line behind them. And so I think we're already on the way there. There's just simply no way to keep this under wraps in the information age. And so uh, I'm very, very optimistic about our future. Good, because I, I need more. <laughs> optimism hopefully i see you again uh at uh, another conference one of these days or at the next greater reset and thank you for being on geopolitics and empire it's been a pleasure i hope you enjoyed this geopolitics and empire podcast the website is geopoliticsandempire.com and i encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines the newsletter and website are our last lines of defense we're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.